Hello patrons, this is Ask the Minimalist Anything number 51. We're here to answer your questions. By the way, we're yeah. here in our new studio. You can see bits of our new desk here with the beautiful artwork behind us. Shout out to you for making this possible. This video is for our true fans and VIPs. This is Ask the Minimalist Anything. Alabama, let's start with April's question. Can we start a GoFundMe for Ryan to get a Tesla? <laughs> uh, I would feel horrible if I got a Tesla that way. I don't know why that is. It's something to do with, like, it's cheating in a way. And if I get a Tesla, I want to, I want to like, earn it, like, the... Because it's... We don't do debt, right? Right. So a Tesla on the low end is, like, 35000 bucks after taxes and everything. So that's a lot of money to fork over. Yeah. And there's something about like me wanting to earn that myself and experience that that pain myself rather than having something given to me. Yeah. It's really yeah, I don't know. It's really strange. I, that's a I appreciate the sentiment and um it's incredible that anyone would even suggest that. But uh the short answer is no, we cannot start a GoFundMe for my Tesla. And the longer answer is hell no. <laughs> right. I mean, here's the thing. We don't do we don't do any donations or anything like that unless we're working on an actual charity. And Ryan getting a, a Tesla is not a charity, right? So we'll come to you for GoFundMe's to fund something like, uh, hey, we want to build an elementary school in Laos like mm. we did a few years ago. Or we wanted to build a nonprofit grocery co-op on the west side of Dayton, one of the largest food deserts in the country. Can you contribute a dollar or ten dollars? Or one person contributed eighteen hundred dollars to that charity, right? Mm. And yeah, so that, that feels so much better. It really does. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that buying a Tesla would be wrong for you, but there are people not. who go out, well, can you help me fund my dream of getting a no. That's like, yeah. Earn it, like Ryan just said. You feel better about it anyway. Yeah, it, you know that's the other thing too that you're helping me piece together here is that if I started to GoFundMe for a Tesla and let's say you know I, I make thirty five thousand bucks off the GoFundMe, um, there's just a piece of me that's like, a I don't need a Tesla. B it could have went towards, towards something so much more meaningful than my own impulse. Yeah, so the six questions we ask, one of them, before buying something, mm -hmm. one of them is, is this the best use of this money? Mm -hmm. And maybe if we were to apply that to like a GoFundMe, and I think April's probably just asking this in jest anyway, yeah. but would that be the best use of a GoFundMe? Because Ryan and I tend to work on one big philanthropic project a year. We're hoping to launch a new one in January, February of next year. And I can guarantee you it's not going to be to acquire anything for me or Ryan. Yeah. Well, you, you've already helped us acquire so much in this new studio with this giant 750-pound desk. If you're watching the video version of this, you can see part of it. The new microphones we got, the carpet we have coming in, the couch, the credenza. <laughs> we have a new uh, table coming here for Video Village because Jordan has out outgrown his uh, his current table with the switcher and everything else. Mm. All the new equipment and cameras and, and so forth. And it wasn't about even going to you. We could have launched a GoFundMe for all of that, but yeah. we didn't. Hey, we give you a service and in exchange for that service, you pay for it just like you would for Netflix or Hulu or any other service that you might find value in. Yeah. Next question, please. Happy weekend. It's Saturday. Besides coffee, what other nutrition do the minimalists subsist on to help bring clarity and health? 
Hmm. I take zinc. <laughs> I take magnesium. Uh-huh. Uh, it's funny though. I do I do notice when I um, have the appropriate minerals. So um, I actually take magnesium pills, but also like the uh, elect the electrolyte stuff, the element, or there's like a noon one that I use. Like the, the brand doesn't matter as much as the ingredients. There is a certain level of clarity I experience, or energy I should say I experience with. The appropriate minerals. Do you know when you feel the most clarity is generally after fasting for a long period of time? Yeah. I know you've done that. And so we did a whole episode about this. It's called A Minimalist Diet, which we could put a link to it in the show notes. It was a Patreon private podcast episode with Ben Greenfield. And Ryan and I did some sort of narrating over that, I believe. But I brought Ben in and, and my wife as well. She's a dietitian and a nutritionist. And the thing that we can all agree on, like when we did the episode with uh, Paul Saladino and, and Rich Roll, it was less about what people eat and much more about what you don't put into your body. It's a great point. And so it's about avoiding like refined oils, you know, processed seed oils, you know, you know, deeply processed, refined seed oils. It's about avoiding packaged foods or processed foods, especially the the, the ones that are on the more unhealthy side of the spectrum, mm -hmm. right? Not everything in a package is bad for you, but it turns out that the things that are packaged quite often are just laden with preservatives. Or if you look at the wrapper and you can't pronounce something that's on the label, that means it's not food. It's a food-like product mm. that has been FDA-approved just to mean that it's not so poisonous that it'll kill you right now. Wow. It may take many years for it to kill you. Dude, I heard that because um, <clears throat> I, found, I found that Pillsbury products are vegan. So I found this out when I was a vegan. And then I was like looking into it, and I forget where I read, but they were basically saying how these Pillsbury products were like not that far off from like plastic. Now I know like a lot of chem like a lot of chemicals. If you add one thing to it, it becomes poison. I get that, but sure, it just blows my mind that like it's it's that close to becoming essentially a a plastic. Yeah, yeah. So I I have a really minimal diet. Go back and listen to that um, minimalist diet episode. But ultimately, it's about eating real food. If you mm -hmm. want to nourish your brain and your body. It's about nutrient-dense foods. Well, what are the most nutrient-dense foods? Uh, quite often, it meat and organs, right? And there are certain plants as well that you, you can you know, sustain yourself on. But what is much more important there is avoiding the things that make us, that, that make us lose the clarity that we're seeking in the first place. Mm, great point. Next question. What will Thanksgiving look like for the minimalists this year? Mm, pumpkin rolls, mashed potatoes, scalloped potatoes, stuffing, turkey. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know about. Uh, actually, no. We did spend Thanksgiving last year together. Yeah, and uh, it was great. Um, yeah, we had a nice big meal. I mean, what I what I appreciate about the meal last year was it was all very well thought out, and I don't think anything came from a box. Um, so that was really cool. Like, you know, we avoided like the, the processed boxed foods. Mm -hmm. Um, everything was real food. I will be this year, I'll be going to Ohio to spend it with, uh, to spend Thanksgiving with my mom's side of the family. And it will probably be the, um, most, uh, unhealthiest meal I'll have all year because they do a lot of box stuff, especially mm. like 
the store bought pumpkin rolls. Mm. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, what, what does Tony Robbins say? Like, you got to live a little, you know? <laughs> Although he says that. Yeah, he did. So him and his, uh, the, the example he gives is him and his, him and his girlfriend were like out and she got ice cream, which uh, has sugar yeah. in it. And he's like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. Well, you're eating processed sugar. Uh-huh. And she was like, yo, Tony, relax. Like, live a little. Yeah. Like, it's okay. So, um, you know, I, uh, you know, my rules are going to be different from Josh's. They're going to be different from yours. But I am going to eat all the bad things this Thanksgiving. Josh? I have an autoimmune disease, so I can't eat any of that stuff without um, experiencing tremendous pain almost mm-hmm. immediately. Uh, but thankfully, there's always a third option. If you go somewhere and it's like, well, am I trying to choose between this bad thing or this bad thing? Mm-hmm. Well, the third option is to not eat it, right? And so if for some reason I'm not going to be happy with the result, because I never look back and say, I really wish I would have eaten a croissant yesterday. Mm-hmm. I really wish I would have eaten a Snickers bar a week ago. In the moment, it's always delicious. It's always, oh, yes, it's it, this gustatory burst of pleasure that fades almost immediately. It can be wonderful in the moment. But also, I never look back and say, I wish I would have had more junk in the past. And that's true with my mm. physical things as well, right? Mm. It's true with relationships that were toxic. It's true with career clutter. It's true with calendar obligations. Right, I really wish we would have been busier last week. Mm. I've never looked back and actually said that. And the same thing is true with my meals. We were going to go out to Palm Springs this year for Thanksgiving. Uh, Bex and I, because we don't have Ella for Thanksgiving this year. But uh, the hotel prices are crazy right now. So we're just oh. going to we're going to pause. We're going to have a light meal midday. Mm. And we're going to enjoy our time together. Yeah. Next yeah, question. I love it. Knowing you support and bring value to so many lives, I'm intrigued to better understand how the minimalists manage their own egos. Why would you want to manage your ego? This is a fact. It's like saying I want to manage cancer. Mm. I don't want to manage cancer. I want to see it for what it is. Mm. And I want to eradicate it if it's harming me, right? And so the ego is a fairy tale, right? Because it tells us that we're better than who we are, that we're more important, we're more significant, we are, well, we're someone else than who we are. By the way, it's just, what's the other word for ego? It's just self, right? The, the mm. me, I am my ego. Yeah, Freud called it the id, right? uh, which is what we think of when we actually think of ego, now, which is something different from what he called the ego and the superego, right? But it's just like the desires, everything that makes me who I am, right? And so when I think about my ego, it's not about managing it. It's about seeing how absurd it is. Because as soon as I say, look how great I am, look how spectacular I am, it's all a fairy tale. And as soon as you see it as a fairy tale, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It dissipates on its own. In fact, with Ella, like, I don't tell her that Harry Potter is real, mm. but I also don't say don't enjoy that fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. I hired uh, an ego manager. <laughs> they managed my ego for me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, there's something about, like, when you are in front of many people and you are uh, adding value in this case, as soon as you, like, recognize it and start to dwell on that specific um bit of influence it almost ruins it 
I don't know how else to explain it. So for me, like I try to not, um, I just, I don't ever look in the mirror and be like, you are amazing. <laughs> My goodness, Ryan, look, look all of all, at all the influence you have over people and how many lives you've changed. If anything, I look in the mirror and I'm like, who the hell are you, man? Wow. <laughs> like, wh- who are you to be doing what you're doing? And really, um, I think, I think, uh, putting myself in the perspective of it's not me, Ryan Nicodemus, who is, um, you know, delivering this amazing message. It's more about, well, we were in Australia and our tour manager, Simon, he was freaking awesome. Had the best stories. He's, uh, he's been on the road with like very famous rock and roll stars. And, um, he had so many awesome stories about like the behind the scenes stuff with them, which I promised him I would not share. Um, and, uh, uh, I almost want to share it for the VIPs, but then I, I would just spend the rest of this AMA uh, <laughs> as minimal as anything about these stories. But anyway, we're sitting down, we're, we're, we're having a meal, and uh, we were walking from the hotel to the restaurant. On the way there, we got stopped like probably three or four times, and people were like, oh my God, you know, you're the minimalist, and can we take a picture, and yada, yada, yada. We sit down at the meal. Uh, this is in Sydney, Australia. We are getting ready to go to... Um, a theater that I think there was like 1200, 1500, like it was a pretty big theater. We, we had sold it out and he was like, man, he's like, I just can't believe like the, the amount of people that just want it. They want to see you. Like, it's amazing. Like you've sold out this theater just on the way here. You were stopped four times. It's crazy how, how much people want, how they look up to you. And I, it, it hit me. I'm like, Simon, it's not about the Josh and Ryan show. They don't want to see us. Like they want to see themselves. And like that is the perspective that I try to hold is that this isn't about the Ryan Nicodemus show or the Josh Milburn show. This is more about people holding up a mirror for others to see themselves. So we talked about uh, we just recorded a podcast and someone asked us, well, if you were Earth czars, essentially in an alternate universe, would you force everyone to to be minimalist and to live (laughs) by your principles? And my answer was like. No, like I would rather empower someone than wield power over someone. So um, I, I try to not even try. Like that's kind of my my whole philosophy behind this thing that we're doing. Um, I don't ever put myself on a pedestal. I don't ever feed that into that ego. And um, if I ever start to be a, a jerk, please let me know in the comments. <laughs> yeah, Ryan is one of the least egoic people I know. The problem here is the ego is not a good thing or a bad thing. It is something that we all have, minus a few mystics somewhere 18,000 feet in the Himalayas who have maybe found a way to see, truly see it for what it is. But every time you feel really full of yourself, the, the hubris that comes with that, all you have to do is, is step back and actually see it. Mm. Every time I feel pride about one of my accomplishments, mm. you, all you have to do, because what are accomplishments? It's just I'm comparing myself to other people, and it means I've achieved more. Well, step back, and you compare that to what other people have achieved. Now, all of a sudden, your ego will dissolve almost instantly. Yeah. yeah. Ne- next question. How do you feel about re-gifting? Sometimes I get things that I don't necessarily want, but I know someone else will enjoy, so I give it to them. Sometimes I'm not sure if it's better to be upfront and say it was a re-gift, because then some people think it lacks thoughtfulness. But I also don't want to push my unwanted things onto them, because I think they would enjoy it. Mm. Assuming someone else's desires and values can be tricky during the holidays. Mm. 
it sounds like you're drowning in contemplation. Uh, you know, is it good? Yes. Is it bad? Yes. I mean, it depends on which side you're falling on. But uh, ultimately, when you give someone a gift, it's an expression of, hey, I think this is going to add value to your life. And that's what really matters. It doesn't really matter where it comes from. Um, personally, if someone, I don't know, if, if I needed a glass mm -hmm. and someone gifted me a glass and they're like, I know you really needed this glass, uh, here you go. I don't care where it came from. I don't care yeah. if it was from a thrift shop or from Macy's like it, it, or Tiffany's. Does Tiffany sell glasses? Probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, ultimately, yeah, I don't, I don't think you have to get lost in the minutia into the details of where a gift came from when you're giving it to someone because really regardless of where you got it you're ruining the experience of giving that gift at that point if you're telling them the backstory unless it's a really cool you know awesome story but if, if it's an admission of guilt then <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna probably ruin that gift giving experience yeah and so there are two types of re-gifts basically one is what ryan said the intentionality hey i'm not getting value from this glass but i really know ryan He's been wanting a set of glasses all year. And I have the set of glasses that was just given to me for my birthday or whatever. I can give it to him. I don't need to tell him that I got it as a gift from someone else. But if he'd like to know for some reason or, or if it made it better, yeah, I got these from Mick Jagger. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, that re-gifting, now they're more special. That's a great point. So every time you give someone a gift, just tell them that it used to be Mick Jagger's. Yeah, and they'll believe you for sure. <laughs> and, and so the other side, though, is playing hot potato. You know what? I got this gift. It's stupid. I hate it. I need to get rid of it. You know what? Give it to Ryan. He'll mm. like it. Then don't re-gift it at all because that lacks the intentionality that you're looking for in the gift-giving process yeah. in the first place. Mm. By the way, we just did a podcast episode about Christmas gifts, which should be out right around the time this comes out. So look forward to that as well. Yeah. We got one more question. I wonder how we got here to a point where Christmas is now a period of stress. Shopping for useless stuff, overeating, rushing from one store to another, and then from one dinner to another. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, oh. we've turned it into, you know, it's the holiday season, the time for joy and celebrating and kindness and compassion and caring and love and, well, experience. Yeah. We turned it from an experience to a commodification. The holiday season has been transformed into the holiday shopping season. Now, we shop in more ways than one. We shop for gifts, for consumer goods, for obligatory gifts to give someone to show that we, quote, love them. That's not real love. That's not real affection. Even if it adds value to their lives, great. But obligation rarely added value to anyone's life. That's not to say don't give gifts is to understand that when we're forced to give someone gifts it it really takes away some of the the, the specialness of the occasion but when i think about well the consumption it goes so much far beyond the things we feel obligated to now spend time with family at my worst my worst thanksgiving ever i remember we had to go five different places my former spouse and I yeah. on Thanksgiving. Wow. And we had to go to three of her families and, and plus our house and then my mother's house. And it, 
That's Dude, a lot it, of turkey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was a lot of, quote, experience. It was like we were cramming in the experience. How do I get more and more and more? The fire hose of experience actually ruined the experience. Any one of these five could have been amazing individual experiences. And maybe even a couple of them would have been. But it's like eating... Uh, a piece of chocolate cake, right? Mm. If I have to eat five entire chocolate cakes, it makes me miserable. And the same is true even for extroverts like Ryan, when you steep them in too much experience, the mosh pit of the holidays can make all of us miserable because it removes the beauty, the intentionality, the family, the experience of the very thing we are trying to experience in the first place. And so how did we get here? because we want more, we need more. Oh, this was good, let me turn it into a pleasure chase. Let me turn it into a pursuit. Let me turn it into the thing I think is going to make me happy. And of course, that ends up making our holidays miserable. Mosh pit holiday. Sounds like a really like a like a band that covers Christmas songs. <laughs> That's great. Like death metal Christmas songs? Yeah. Oh, that has to be out there, right? Oh, that'd be so good. Um, I had a buddy whose uh, cousin was in a Neil Diamond uh, metal. So they did all the Neil Diamond songs and heavy metal. Anyway, I love the chocolate cake example. Um, I love cake, not just chocolate cake, but all the cakes. Mm -hmm. You put a cake in front of me and I will want to eat it. I won't necessarily eat it, but I really want to. I want to. But Same here. Yeah, so let's say that you know there are 20 cakes sitting on this table. Yes, my impulse especially being a seven on the Enneagram, my, you know, my deadly sin is gluttony. Mm. Um, I would want to like try every single piece of that cake. And I, I'll tell you, maybe the first five, I could be like, oh, good. but by that 20th piece or the 20th bite, let's just say it took a bite of each cake. Um, it's the, the, the joy starts to decrease. And I think, you know, when you go from family to family and you're trying to get all of the experiences in, uh, it's very similar to that cake eating experience, you're going, you're going to ruin it. Uh, mm. A, you're not going to enjoy it the way um, the people around you want to enjoy it, and B, you're just you're going to drive yourself crazy. It also makes me think about, you know, the saying like, um, if you try to please everyone, then you'll please no one. Yeah, it's like you know, you can make the best vanilla ice cream, and people will be satisfied with it, but no one says that vanilla is their. I shouldn't say no one, but hardly anyone says vanilla is their favorite flavor of ice cream. Even if you make the best vanilla, there's still going to be another flavor out there that people would rather have. So um, when you're trying to please everyone, you end up pleasing no one. Um, worst of all, you end up not pleasing yourself. Hmm. So, you know, what's the answer? How do you how do you address family members or uh, whatever significant others? Um, I think it starts with like a meaningful conversation of Josh. And he has before said to me, hey, man, uh, uh, we have plans to spend Thanksgiving together. He's like. I, this was a couple years ago, or maybe it was Christmas. He's like, I, you know, I'm not going to be able to do it, and here's why. And I was like, oh, okay, like no problem. Like, I know Josh. Mm -hmm. I know uh, he's got the best of intentions. I don't question his preferences. I just support his preferences. Yeah. So you know, the people around you who love you, who want want you to be happy, they will understand uh, when you come to them. Uh, maybe asking for a little bit of a break to, yeah, to to to, to maybe skip that particular day because it's not like you're not going to see them the rest of the year. You still have an opportunity to. Right. But maybe you can't spend Christmas with your certain in-law one year. Great. Spend it with them the next year. Or better yet, go spend December 26th with them. Yeah. I don't know why the day itself 
uh, would have any any bearing on on the, the the quality time that you're looking for. Yeah, or spend March 11th or July 19th. Not July 19th, any day but that day. <laughs> <laughs> it ultimately comes down to the reason it's gotten here is because we haven't identified what enough is. Mm-hmm. And when you don't know what enough is for you, you start looking for more. And when you don't find it in more, you look for even more. And when you don't find it there, you look for more, more, more until you're miserable, you're stressed out, you're worried about what the outcome's going to be, you know it's not gonna be pleasant, and now you're trying to manage the stress Mm. of the holidays. But if you know what enough is, you'll usually get there not by adding, but by subtracting. Mm. Thank you, patrons. Love people, use things. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it